0: What's up, my churchies? Dominion Fire 360 is on. Million here with you. M-I-L-L-I-A-N. I I have to bring you a story today. I heard about this, and I have been waiting to get this interview out to you. This is hardcore stuff. And uh, as our guest today told me, this fight's coming to you whether you like it or not. So listen up. Joining me today by phone is author Don Allen Jr., author of Seven Days with a Witch. And not to spoil it, but this witch was coming to find him for nefarious purposes. So, Don, how are you, man?
1: I'm doing good. Doing good. Good to hear from you.
0: Yeah, it's good to connect up with you. Thanks for being here. And uh, would you just remind the audience of who you are, what you do, your ministry work, and give us a quick rundown? I sure will. I'm Don
1: Allen. I am the president and co-founder of Two Guys in a Bible Ministries, uh, and that encompasses Christ the Healer television program. Uh, That's airing 10 times a week somewhere in the world to over 250 million people. And we are the owners of the 1412 radio network. Uh, We are pumping out Internet radio to 105 countries, 76,000 listeners a day at this time. And, uh, of course, like you said, we've added uh, books to that uh, repertoire, if you will, and uh, just recent author of this book. And, uh, again, just uh, conducting classes and just teaching people what it is the Word of God says about the healing power of God and the miraculous, the spirit realm. Trying to get their eyes off of the natural stuff and let's get it on what we're supposed to really be doing.
0: And not to mention on the 1412, there's an amazing program on there about healing. I, I heard something about that. I, <laughs> there I
1: is know. a good one. I don't know if you've heard of <laughs> it. It's the Heal the Sick podcast. I don't know. Great show. The host, is, 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 a, host is
0: a little weird, but.
1: It's not bad.
0: <laughs> the host is a little off, but the the show itself is good. So that's nice. Ah, we love it. But, um, but now you're an author, and this is the big thing. This is what we're talking about today. Seven Days with a Witch. Now, I don't even know where to begin, so I'm going to back away and just let you take it. Give us the full breakdown of this and uh, you know, knock us over,
1: man. What do you have? I'll do it. Well, back in uh, 2014, I was invited to come and uh, do this tent revival. Now, this was in a little town called Chautauqua, Kansas. You can look it up. You're going to have a hard time finding it. I mean, maybe 1,000 people little farming community, one road in, one road out, you know. Uh, But I was invited to come and to conduct a tent revival at Faith Baptist Church of Chautauqua, Kansas. And, um, you know, I've done a couple revivals there years before. Uh, They've always gone really well. You know, we might get 20, 30, 40, up to 50 people at some times. Uh, Not bad for a town that size. And, you know, the revivals had just been really good. We'd always done them at the church there. And uh, but this time the pastor wanted to kind of spread it out, hoping that the community would come. As tent revivals do, they draw a little bit of a different crowd. We didn't. We didn't know how different <laughs> until we got there. But uh, yeah, so we did that. But this time, what was strange, and I thought it strange leading up to the revival, is I had this strong uh, knowing that I needed some other people to come with me, and I just I was fighting it a little bit because. Um, like I said, I've ministered here before I can handle a crowd of 50 people, you know, I mean, I didn't understand why the Lord was wanting me to bring this team, you know, Kirk and Angela and TJ and some other people. I just, but I felt like I was supposed to invite them to come help me and they did. And so we're down there and, and, uh, long story short, the revival begins and the tent's set up and we've got us 40 people or so that are under there. The music's playing, things are going good. And I'm sitting there on the first night. And uh, all of a sudden, you've had this feeling before, probably, where you're sitting there and you can tell someone's looking at you. You can tell something's going on. Well, I happen to look up. We're probably a song or two into the uh, opening here of the tent revival. And I see a woman walk in. And it really didn't take a rocket scientist, a spiritual giant, to see there was something wrong with this girl. Um, But my thoughts were, as I can remember, literally saying to myself, well, praise God, she's in the right place. She's going to get set free. And I'm just kind of left it at that. So I'm sitting on one side of the tent. This girl's on the other side of the tent. And as I'm sitting there kind of looking over my notes, as the music's going. um, You've had that feeling where, you know, someone's looking at you. And so I look up and I see this girl locked on me and she's just staring at me. And I thought maybe I caught her staring at me, you know, so I kind of smiled, but she didn't smile back. All of a sudden she kind of slumped down in her chair And again, she's far enough away. I can't, you know, really make out what's going on. But she slumps down in her chair and she's just staring at me. So I just looked away and kept looking at my notes. And I got that hair rising up on the back of my neck. And I'm like, what is going on, Lord? And I look up and she's staring at me, still locked on me. But this time it's almost like from a crouching position, like a lion about to pounce on its prey is what it looked like. And all of a sudden, she passed out and fell back in her chair. And I'm like, ah, okay, we got something going on here. Well, so I get up there to minister. This woman will not stop staring at me. And it was kind of the same cycle. She would stare at me, get this look like she's about to pounce, and then pass out. Everybody else is sitting around. Nobody's doing anything about it. I get up there to minister, and now I'm close enough to see that her eyes are totally, totally blacked out. There is no white to her eyes total possession. You know, I can see it on her. So I minister along for just a little bit until I'm done with this woman intimidating me. And she is, I mean, she's locked on me. She's staring at me. She's, she's locked on. And so I finally, I call her up there. I said, that's it. Get up here right now in the name of Jesus. And all of a sudden her body begin to twist, begin to manifest. This low growl begins to come out a spew of cuss words. So now I'm, I'm commanding her. You are getting up here right now. In Jesus' name, and she's fighting with everything she's got. She gets up there. She's fully manifesting. Now I understand why I have the team of people that I have. They instantly come running up there. We're laying hands on her. And so here she is in full manifestation, full demonic manifestation, spit flying, cussing, uh, body cracking, bones or making noise. I mean, her body's just contorting. Eyes are totally blacked out. This voice that just rattles your insides coming up out of this girl. So I, uh, I'm standing there and I'm trying to decide what are we going to do? Because, you know, I mean, I've been to Africa. I've been to places we've cast out devils before. And I'm going to be honest with you, you know, it's kind of a process at times. And the only thing I could think to say to this woman, you know, I mean, I'm getting ready to go to war here. I'm thinking, okay, here we go. And the only thing that rose up in me was to grab her hands. Command her to look into my eyes. And I said, God loves you. And, man, she just started F this. I mean, she's going crazy. And I just grabbed her hands and I said, look at me. God loves you. And, oh, man, I mean, it would just manifest. And that's the only words I could come up with. And I grabbed her hands again. I said, you look at me. God loves you. And she said, I'm a witch. And I said, I don't care. God loves you. And Man, it just kept manifesting and manifesting, and I just kept grabbing onto her, and all of a sudden, now I can see her eyes are are coming back. It's, it's her sometimes. It's the demon sometimes. It's her sometimes, and I'm looking at her, and I'm like, hey, God loves you. God loves you, until we got all the way down to the point that all of a sudden, you could tell the demons were gone. I didn't cast them out. I didn't drive them out. I didn't... All the things that we've done before and we've learned in deliverance, if you will. I mean, the big process and the name in them and who are you and none of that happened this time. You loved them out, basically. Yeah, and that's what we said is that we loved the hell out of it. And so what happened was is when I was asking the Lord later, what just happened? He said, too many people are dealing with the fruit and not the root. He said the root was She had been told that I hate her. The root was, is that she thought we were enemies, but the truth was, is that I love her and you got down to the root and the fruit had to change. He said, it's truth that makes people free. You just told her the truth. I was like, wow, that is amazing. So in this process, she's standing here and she, we kind of have now not really focused on the idea that she was a witch. You know, I mean, you hear some folks say that I'm a white witch I'm this, I'm that. I didn't pay it much attention. You're a witch. Well, you're free. What I found out is I'm sitting here looking at all the people in the audience. They're all acting really weird. And I'm, I'm, I'm starting to realize I'm missing something long story short. I hadn't realized this woman ruled over the entire town. Now it wasn't a big town there were a thousand people, maybe. But my point was, is that she actually ruled over this town. These people were afraid of this woman. That's why nobody paid her any mind. But what we found out in her saying that she was a witch, she said this, that I'm standing here and I was summoning every demon that I know. She said, I never leave home without at least six demons. And she said, I'm summoning every demon I know. And you just stood there saying, God loves you. And I couldn't do anything about it. And we've got to begin to kind of change our approach here, guys. I know sometimes we want to come in locked and loaded and hardcore, and we're going to name them and drive them out. Man, sometimes it's just getting down to the root. Just skip all the stuff and get right down to the root, because, guys, we're powerful. We're powerful because of the Christ that is in us. If our God is love, man, maybe it's love that they need instead of the process. So we we get her set free, and she begins to open up to us, a story that just sounded too far out. It it just sounded ridiculous. This is, this is a movie. This is a horror movie. This isn't even real. And she begins to tell us how she's the high witch of the four corners and that she was sent on assignment that night to take me out. And later on, when I asked her, well, exactly how were you going to take me out? She said, Oh, I was going to slit your throat and kill you. I said, wait a minute. I said, you were just going to murder me in front of an, an entire tent full of people. She said, this is my town. She said, I do whatever I want. And she said, none of you would have ever seen me coming. I mean, there were just some amazing things that she began to share with me. Again, she wasn't being braggadocious about it. It was very matter of fact. But what we discovered was, is that this woman dedicated at 14 years old by her own father, dedicated into witchcraft and not just dedicated, but she was actually Um, dedicated to be a portal so that wherever she was, she had surrendered her rights to her own being for the cause. And she said that they were able to manifest demons through her to do the dirty work. She said, there were times I would just wake up and the carnage was done and I had no idea what had happened. It's because she had surrendered her rights. So the book Seven Days with a Witch is just basically the title came from the seven days that I spent with her at this tent revival first night on for those seven days. Of course I talked to her a lot more than that, but those seven days were the real eye opener in the beginning to find out what the enemy is doing. I just asked her, I said, that's it. You're going to sit down. I'm going to interrogate you. I want to know what you guys are up to because I didn't just view it as a witch. This is the enemy. This is, this is satanically driven. And so I wanted to know how they were doing what it is that they were doing, if it was such a big influence. Because I'm suddenly realizing as I'm talking to the pastor, he's kind of opening my eyes to how she shut down three churches in that town. She was responsible for closing down three churches by herself in that town. And I'm thinking, how do they have the power to do that? How could she do that? so she began to open up all these things. I mean, there's so much that we could talk about, but I just thought it was amazing that, again, it was love that drove those demons out. I didn't have to go through the big process. Sometimes we've locked ourselves into such a deliverance ministry, if you will, that we think we have to go step one, two, three. And in reality, we just need to be led by the Spirit of God, allow him to move through us, and we can get the job done much better.
0: I, I I actually have a couple of questions, so before we jump further into this, just so I'm clear on a couple of things. Then for our, our listeners as well. Now we're in Kansas, roughly middle of the country. Now when we say high witch
1: of the four corners, what exactly does that mean? She ruled over if you look on the map, there's a four corners area where Oklahoma, Arkansas, Kansas, and Missouri all meet. And um, she said it was a indirect revelation. Uh, I don't think she used that word, but it was it was a, it was a kind of a counter to the Bible belt. She said, you know, you all view this area as a Bible belt. Well, we view it as our hub. You know, as hard as you all are trying to push with your Bible belt, so to speak, we're going to set up shop here. Then in, in what she said, you're Christian Mecca, <laughs> you know where we all think that we got to go to get ministered to at the Bible Belt here, you know, Tulsa and that area. And so she said, well, we just set up shop here then to do battle. And uh, so they had dedicated her to be over that particular area of the four corners they had set her up as their high witch.
0: Next thing on that line is is that, Okay, we say a high witch. Now earlier you mentioned like a white witch. Uh, do you know? Are you
1: familiar with the differences with all these positions? And she described it to me this way: you got white witches, which a lot of them say they're Wiccan. Um, they're about the Mother Earth. They're about energies. Um, you know, they feel like they're kind of harmless. And she said, basically, white witches, uh, even though they're, even though it is, you know, definitely connected to the devil and those types of things, they don't really view it that way. Uh, white witches won't use curses to harm people or to uh, destroy people. They're more of the tree-hugging, um, loving Mother Earth, getting their energy from the Earth. You know, we are we are gods. We are one with the Earth type of thing. She said the black witches, she said those are the ones that are evil. Those are the ones that will put curses on you to kill you. Those are the ones that will do physical harm to you. Um, total destruction, no care for life, no care for anything other than their agenda and so she was set up as the ruling high witch of the black witches
0: as if from what i understand from how i kind of heard it is that the hardcore witches like this look at the wiccan slash white witches as you're a bunch of fakes basically is how i see it they they treat them like you're, you're just playing around you have no clue what you're doing stop being a phony Cause Cause then it's kind of uh, like
1: was, uh, you know you've got your guys in the marine corps and you got boy scouts you know i mean yeah, yeah, yeah. it's kind of like you know we appreciate that you can dress up in a uniform but we're really over here doing the work
0: you know exactly Exactly. Now, the thing with her being a portal or a porthole, as you described it, for this is uh, it's an interesting topic. And I'll just share a quick bit on it and you could expound further. Is that basically you allow yourself to become the altar for this kind of trading between the dark side and the earth? It's like the connection point. Just like when you get saved, you know, you're the the connection point for the Holy Spirit to bring heaven to earth. Well, it's kind of the same thing, right? When she was dedicated as this portal for demons, she basically became the sacrificial altar. They'll use her as much as they want, and they really don't care if she makes it or not because someone else will replace her if something happens to her, so on and so forth. Is that a pretty accurate way to put it?
1: Absolutely right. The only reason that they would take care of her or care for her in any way was because she had advanced in it so far they would hate to have to retrain somebody else if you died. But otherwise, they don't care. Uh, otherwise, it, it didn't it meant nothing to them.
0: And when you have someone like this, now this is very far advanced into, I guess what you would call witchcraft, or, or is it more accurate just to say it's all under the umbrella of Satanism or the Satanic? What, what's the Absolutely. best way to describe it? It's under
1: that? the umbrella of Satanism. Okay. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's really, I know we, when we throw the word witchcraft out there, it sounds a little less, um, um, you know, scary They're sanitized. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. When, when you encountered her, how old was she at the time? 34. And she's been in this and she's been born basically. So three decades
1: of operating in this. Yes. Her mother, her father, her aunts, her uncles, her sisters, her brothers, cousins, All of them, in one way or another, are associated in witchcraft.
0: You know, we were talking about this before we started recording, and, you know, maybe this sounds naive of me, and maybe I'm sounding stupid by saying this, but I look at that and see people that are involved in this and all the stuff that they do and the rituals and the thing, and it's almost a part of me that says, really, people still do this? And apparently they do. And apparently it's it's coming to the surface now. Like we were saying earlier, it was kind of back in the 80s. It was, you know, every Satan was everywhere and rock music and TV and then it died down. But now you're starting to see a resurfacing of satanic stuff and you're seeing a lot of pedophilia, which is directly related to it. You're seeing a lot of um, satanic ritual abuse being mentioned more than it did. My opinion on it, just, again, just my take on it is that this is the last throes of a defeated enemy as you see like in the first persian gulf war when the iraqi army got beat so badly they were on their way up but they lit everything on fire and caused as much damage and destruction as they can again maybe i'm naive but that's sort of how i see this whole thing shaping up we're we're christians we're winning i've read the end of the book okay but there's still a fight going on, there's still a battle going on, there's still danger in the process, you know, we've all got hit with stuff, you know, you can't be in a war without taking some fire once in a while, it's just part of the, the game, I guess so, do you feel, Do you are you like on the same page with me, you feel that's an accurate
1: assessment where do you see I on? do to a point the thing that she shared with me was this she's never, she said it this way, you are the first people that I've ever stood in front of that I was not able to rule over And now I'm telling, you know, I I brought up the fact that she had shut down three churches in that town, meaning she stood before other believers. She stood before other people that were born again, but none of them knew their power. They were born again in a way that they got their ticket to heaven, but they're not exercising their authority on the earth. So she said she was able to stand in front of ministers and own them because they weren't operating in their power. She said, you were the first people that didn't flinch. You were the first ones I ran into that had a greater power than I had. And so they're not finding the power. So why is that?
0: You know, we always say, well, people don't operate in their power. But more like specifically
1: or more literally, why is that? What is happening? She said that the main thing behind all of this is fear. And, and I guess that makes sense. If you didn't know your power and you're confronted by somebody like that, who's going to, you know, if we're just specifically talking a witch, if you will, If you're confronted by somebody like that and you don't know your authority, they're going to bully you. They're going to own you. And she said, if I can get you to open up to fear, I've got you. And she said this, you remember. And and again, she's not saying this because she knew it was scripture. She said, fear is a spirit. It's not an emotion. And right away, I'm thinking God has not given us a spirit of fear. Wow. Yes. It took her to open my eyes. She said so I told her that scripture, and she said, "Oh, it's the biggest one." She said, "No, fear is one of the largest demons you'll ever meet." She said, "It's an entity. It's real. It's a spirit." So if we're going to open ourselves up to any other spirit than the spirit of God, well, what do you think's going to happen? We we think fear is just an emotion. Oh, I got scared. No, it's a spirit. Wow, that's hardcore. <laughs> it was hardcore. Wow. I mean, she, again, I told I I was so. I was a little bit ashamed that it took the high witch to open my eyes to the truth of the Bible.
0: But you know what? Yes, I and I get you on that, but here's the thing. The truth of God will come out, it doesn't matter the vessel. And That's I think true. that also plays into fear with people because oh, I don't want anything to do with that tongue talking stuff. That's of the But there's stuff that comes out of that. You know, well, and I think it's that cycle of it's a vicious cycle of fear, no?
1: I think uh, since you mentioned tongues specifically, let me tell you what she said about that. Maybe day three it or day four. It was prophetic that I just did that. <laughs> well, it kind of is because this is a very big deal. She came running in. Again, guys, this, this story is just, if, if, it's mind-blowing. It's almost unreal, except I was there. Others were there. She'd come along at some point, day two or three, she comes running into the tent one night in a full panic. And she says, I've got to have that Holy Ghost. I've got to have that Holy Ghost, and I've got to speak in that tongue. And I said, what do you know about tongues? You were the high witch of the four corners three days ago. What are you talking about tongues? She said, no, 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 no. I've got to speak in tongues right now. I I need that. I have to have that. I said, why? She said, we know all the languages of the world, but we can't figure that out. She said, we can come in, and she said, the best way I can describe it to you, your tongues is like our curses. When you do that, it messes us up. We don't know what to do. She said, we, we can't, we've never been able to, to break through that thing where you guys speak in that other language. We don't know what to do with that. And she said, I've got to have that. And so she came in there and got filled with the Holy Ghost, and she explained it to me this way, which I thought was amazing. She said, there was a woman that approached her in a church that she was closing down. Little little old lady who walked up to her one day and said, I know what you're doing. And she said, oh, yeah, what's that? She said, oh, I know who you are. And she said, I'm going to pray for you. And she told that little woman, she said, don't you touch me. No, I'm going to pray for you. She said, that woman touched me and prayed over me. But then she said these words. Because she didn't have the spirit, I gave her one of mine. And now she's sitting down in the nursing home babbling like an idiot out of her mind. So I asked the pastor, I'm like, now, is this true? He said, oh, yes. He said, that woman called me on a Sunday night in a total panic. I couldn't make out what she was saying, and she lost her mind, and she's sitting down there. And I said, well, this woman was born again. Oh, certainly. Certainly she was. A good, one of the good old mamas of the church, you know. But Angelique said it this way. That's the high witch. Angelique, she said that she didn't have the spirit. She wasn't baptized in the Holy Ghost is what she was saying. She didn't say it that way, but she was saying she didn't have the Holy Ghost. So I was able to put a spirit into her. And I just thought that that is amazing to me. The importance of being baptized in the spirit of God to know our authority, to speak in tongues. The high witch is saying how important it is that we've got to speak in tongues, that she had to speak in tongues so that they couldn't use her words against her. Because sometimes we pray out of selfishness or whatever the point is, but I just thought it was amazing, again, that the importance of what she thought, I have to speak in tongues. I have to. Was she wanting
0: to speak in tongues because it was like trying to decipher the language for a nefarious purpose, or was she trying to legitimately get baptized and filled to the Holy Spirit? What was her intention? No, she
1: wanted legitimately, she recognized the power of it in a way that they could not get her. She felt like it was just another way to make sure that they couldn't get to her. Then the moment she started praying in tongues, she realized the true power of it, that it was even more than what she imagined. And it really, uh, she was just boggled. I mean, she's just sitting there babbling in her big old grin on her face. And she's like, again, just being the high witch, she said, what the hell is this? We're like, that's tongues. You're speaking in tongues. And she's like, I've never, I've never felt this way before. What is this power? What is this? And again, we explained to her, hey, now, you know, let's, let's decipher what's going on. Just like you were saying, we don't want you to think that this is your way, how you're going to curse them now. You know, we don't, but again, we, we explained all that. She totally understood all of that. Uh, but it really opened her up again, just as a, as another tool that we have that she said was a must. That you ha- you have to speak in tongues. It was it was an emergency to her.
0: And it's interesting too because tongues in church is one of the things that makes people the most fearful. Back to the whole spirit of fear thing. Back right. to the vicious cycle.
1: Well, and to sit there, and you know, we still have people that are saying it's of the devil. And here's the high witch of the corner uh, four corners saying no. I need it to fight the devil. So, you know, it just confirmed us what, you know, folks like us already know, that it's absolutely a a necessity for those that are believers. It rounds out the package. It's It's not a matter of getting to go to heaven or not through speaking in tongues. That's not the issue. But it's absolutely something that, you know, he provided for us, and we need that.
0: Was she saved and cleared of all this on the first night of this revival? First night of the revival, we got her born again. Well, my question, I just want to make sure I'm clear on this, is that, so she got saved in the first night. Now, she kept coming back repeatedly. Was she being tormented by these spirits? Because, you know, she dealt with the heavies out of this group. How was absolutely. she getting tormented in the process? Okay.
1: Yes. From that night on, absolutely she was. From that night on, she understood, okay, I'm born again, got that, realized the power of salvation in confessing Jesus Christ. She, she felt that. she. It was an experience for her. She felt that. But yes, immediately they begin to attack her. And uh, again, it's just because she wasn't walking in the full knowledge of who she is in Christ. Um, She didn't know uh, anything other than, basically, I I get to go to heaven now and not hell, and I'm a lot happier. And she, she knew she was experiencing, really in the beginning, more of a feeling than anything. But having lived her whole life based off of feelings, it was a big deal to her. Now, we were able to come in and start showing her in the Bible the truth so that she'd have a little more to hang on to than a feeling because we told her it ain't always going to feel great. (laughs) You're not going to always feel saved. So we were able to work through that, but yes, born again in the first night. um, And and every, even her speech changed just the way that she was talking and now striving. um, Now all of a sudden she's the God that she served. Now she's starting to be a little fearful of that. Now she's not wanting anything to do with, with the devil, but the family we're attacking her. So first night, um, we get her born again. We send her back home with the people that she was staying with. She was staying with some people in town. We send her back home with them and, uh, they're born again. So we, we send all of them back and, uh, night one, we go back and, uh, then there was a huge storm overnight, great big storm. We were staying at this little cabin. And again, this town is a mile and a half long, maybe We're staying in this little cabin, me and Kirk and his wife. We're staying in this little cabin that one of the churches had as a little place for guest ministers to stay. We came out of there that night. and I could feel when I when I laid down in that bed that night, I could feel eyes on me through the window. I knew that something still wasn't right. Well, that night there was a huge storm. I I get up the next morning. Kirk is out on the couch just looking exhausted. He said, did you not hear what happened overnight? huge storm and he said the doorknob rattled all night long like somebody was trying to get in here Well, we go outside there's trees down there's limbs down everywhere around where we're at when we drove down the road a half mile to the church not a drop of rain not a single the tent still sitting there no tree limbs no leaves nothing just right on top of us i'd never seen it before a real manifested battle like that.
0: And uh, they're sort of known for playing around with weather a little bit, so.
1: Well, she said definitely, definitely they are. Um, just as another point, as weather goes, she was involved in the Joplin tornado, the big tornado in 2011. Uh, what happened at that time is that she had been a witch. She had been serving and doing her duty, if you will. During the Joplin tornado, her and her husband had been doing mess all day. The sirens went off. They didn't pay attention. The tornado happens and it kills her husband. She goes and finds him decapitated. And she said it was at that moment when she saw him decapitated that a spirit of murder entered into her body. And that's when she uh, started not caring for life at that moment. And she said it was from that point on. That's why the whole slitting the throat thing. That's what that was to her was decapitation. That's the way. Something about that stuck with
0: her. You know, it's interesting. I've heard of other uh, religious groups in the world that do the decapitation thing. I wonder if
1: there's a relation to that. Right, I, I would say there is. I would, I would think that there, there must be uh, the significance of removing the head. I suppose there's that whole thing
0: about um, was it uh David and Goliath? Is that it? He removed his headship over the whole army.
1: It was yeah. It had something to do with that. Remove yeah. the head, and uh, the rest will follow. I suppose that's it. Yep, Yep. But uh, long story short, I mean, again, so much we could talk about, but just the the quick story uh, roundup was this. Um, While we were there, we had gotten her born again. Her family found out immediately. Before she even got home, her cell phone rang and her mother said, what have you done? What have you done? So they already picked up on it spiritually instantly in a town 45 minutes away. They were up in Joplin, and they knew that she had gotten born again instantly. So they picked up on that right away and started the intimidation. Um, I don't remember exactly what day it was. Okay. Well, so the night that she got filled with the Holy ghost, no lie. And you can go check it out at the uh, geographical survey. You can go check this out online. And I think we put it in the book, the link to it. She gets born again, or she gets spirit filled that night, speaks in tongues, not five minutes later, we experienced a 3.2 earthquake and she looks at us and she says, he's losing his grip. He's losing his grip over the area. She was excited about it. We were kind of freaked out. So we experienced a 3.2 earthquake. Then I think it was, it was the day we went, we went and bought her her first Bible and boy, if you could have seen how she, I, I wish, I wish believers loved their Bible. Like this high witch loved her Bible. We bought her a cheap Walmart Bible. It's all we could find. She grabbed a hold of that thing and we presented it to her. You would have thought it was a newborn baby. I mean, she just cried, held on to it, pressed it up against her chest. It was just the coolest thing to see. It was so amazing. But it wasn't long after we handed her that Bible, the tornado sirens go off. I mean, it's a sunny day. The tornado sirens go off. We walk outside. There's a tornado. Coming right down on the church. So we take off. We go down the road. Long story short, TJ that I brought with me, she stood out there in front of all the emergency workers, fire department, police. Everybody's out there. People are in shelters. We're standing out here with lightning cracking all around us. And she's screaming at this tornado telling it to leave. And it does. It disappears. That night when we met back up with Angelique, she said, how did you like that gift from my mom?
0: Well, we kept the receipt and gave it back to her.
1: (laughs) Yeah. A curse shall not come. We sent that back. That's funny. But it was just amazing, the, the reality of the other side. Everything that we do, they have a counterfeit for it. And that's, that's really, long story short, is just anything that you can, you know, which that, of course that's the devil. He's not creative. So he's a counterfeiter in everything that they have. And so she made it very clear that the overall plan is this. Um, we're bringing it to the church. And she said, now, you may remember, if you've been in church for a while, she asked me this question. When's the last time that you've seen somebody slither down the aisle at church? And I said, well, you know, we used to. We, really, we used to have people come in and they'd manifest demons and, yeah, literally slither down the aisle like a snake. And she said, when's the last time you've seen that? I said, 90s maybe. I remember that seemed to happen a lot. She said, right, you guys figured that out and stopped this." She said, so now we dress just like you and we just walk in and join the church. And she said, because you guys are so spiritually unaware, you don't do anything about it. She said, why can I walk into a church and I can see the spirits on everybody? I recognize alcoholism. I recognize that spirit of lust, that spirit of anger. She said, why can I walk into a church and see the spirits on everybody and you guys can't see them on me? She said, I roll out of bed with six demons every day. Why didn't anybody ever stop me? And I thought, man, how many times have we seen somebody and we picked up on something in our spirit, but we didn't want to offend anybody and we just let it go. She said, that's what we're counting on is you guys denying our existence. And we're able to walk right into the church, join the church, sit down and split it. We just start picking it apart was amazing. And she had closed down three churches in that area. Pastor confirmed that one of them. She told me that she walked in and she realized that the praise and worship leader had a spirit of lust and that his eyes were on one of the other uh, women in the praise team. She noticed that the wife knew about it, could tell that he had a lust issue. So her insecurities and fear. And so she said, what I did was she said, I went on ahead and put a curse on the wife to make her fat. She gained a hundred pounds in a year. He didn't want to look at her anymore. And he went and had an affair with the other girl and it split the church. And again, I'm asking this pastor about this stuff and he said, that's all true. Every bit of that is true. So, I mean, they're just evil, evil people. And really I, I discovered real quick how this is actually happening because we can sit here and say, Hey, now i I'm, I'm a Christian. And there ain't no way this is going to happen. And pastors, and she even said this, pastors are so arrogant. They're so arrogant. And she said, that's one of our greatest weapons is their refusal to believe that we actually exist. I saw this to be true when I came back from this event taking place before I'd even written the book. Um, a lot of ministers had heard about it. It was a really big deal. Um, I came back and I was asked, um, by a pastor who is a pastor over a bunch of other pastors. He wanted to know if I would sit down and talk to them about it. Sure. So I sit down and these five pastors are on one side and I'm on the other and I'm sharing with them the things that she said. And he would interrupt me after, after everything I would say, he would stop me and he would ask all the other pastors what they thought about it. And then they would debate whether they wanted to believe it or not. And I thought, guys, I was there. This is from her mouth to my ear. What they're doing, and you guys are living it out in front of my face. They sat there and basically shredded the whole story all night long until I finally got frustrated and I said, "You know what, guys? I don't give one rat's what you think or believe or debate. I'm telling you, this is what she said she's doing, and that is what they're doing. Period." I said, "So you guys better get on your game." I said, "Because guess what? She said she knew the name of every pastor, every elder." Every deacon in town, she knew the names of all your children and all their pets, everybody. And she said she would specifically curse you specifically or your children, whatever. She said it was specific. I said, and then she took us around to these three places where she had cursed the town. And she said, you know what? I don't even have to curse the town anymore. And I I don't know if we're allowed to, do we say curse words on here? Because it's a quote. Is that safe? She said this, I don't even have to curse this town anymore because of all the shit that everybody in this town talks about. She said, I don't even have to curse this town anymore. The town took over for me. And she said, the pastors are some of the worst talking about how bad their people are, how hard they are to reach, how terrible this town is, how poor they are. She said, I cursed it in the beginning. Everybody else keeps the curse alive. And I thought, man, that's the truth. So she began to mention some names, again, that she didn't know was in the Bible. And I, I took her on a, what we called a reverse the curse tour. We're going to go back. You're going to remove the curses on this town that you've placed. So she took us to three places. It was like a triangle, key points in the town, waterways were a big deal. And she began to say names like Baal, Ashroth. And I said, wait a minute, who did you just say? She said Baal. I said, do you realize Baal's in the Bible? She said, I don't know if he's in the Bible or not. Those are the gods that we're we're praying to. So those Old Testament devils are still alive. Powers, principalities, mights, dominions, rulers of the air. They're calling on those ancient demons, just like the prophets of Baal back in the day. They're still calling on those ancient demons to rule over towns and cities. And uh, we were able to get her to renounce those curses and tell them to take a hike. But I just thought it was amazing that, again, everything she said, I could back up in the Bible. And the book is full of Scripture. It's not just a good story. Uh, it is full of Scripture. There's a lot more that she shared with me. That's going to come out in the second book called Binding the Strong Man. Um, there were some specifics that she began to share about mental illness, how that's demonic. Um, just a lot of different things along those lines that she began to share with us. Uh, about the demons. And again, we can, we're we're looking in the Bible and we're seeing these stories. She was just living them. But for all of you that have kind of toyed around with some of the worldly things, be sure that you understand, again, this is coming from a high witch of the four corners who's in the business of doing harm. She said, do you think that when you watch cartoons on TV, your children she said, Do you think that those little curses and spells that they say are just randomly words thrown together and they're funny? She said, Where do you think they get those at? She said, she brought this up now. Harry, I know this is this is hard for some people, and I'm just telling you what the high witch said. Harry Potter, she named specifically. She said, Do you do you think that those were just funny little words that they said? She said, These are spells. These are spells to get into your children. She said, they're not just random words. It's on purpose. And she said this, if you want to look at porn, you better believe we're looking at it with you. She said, so you can erase your history. You can do all that stuff if you want to. But if you're looking at porn, we're looking at it with you. I mean, in those spirits, guys, we got to be careful what it is that we're doing.
0: You know, it's it's shuddering when you think of that stuff. And here's my opinion on why this is. We always in church read our scriptures. We hear the same scriptures over and over. And I think what happens is and I'm just being real. I think we get desensitized. We just hear it so much that it just starts losing its, you know, it's. It's um it's luster, it starts losing its meaning. It's just like when you say a word over and over again, it starts to like not make sense anymore. And I think we've just gotten so desensitized, and I think that's why probably when you heard it from the witch, it really hit you because it was coming from a, a, an external source. And you know, there's not many mysteries left in the everyday world, and what you're dealing with is one of those mysteries that we'd like to know about. And then when we hear it validated through that channel, it just kind of really hits us, and that, that's that's probably the way it, it probably came up about for you. So what what I would ask you is because uh, we're running a lot longer than I was expecting and it's wonderful. This is such good information. So if you're okay with that, I'd like to just uh, maybe do a couple more things and we'll talk about the book. You interviewed her about a lot of topics, a lot of things, which is in the book as well. But if we were to key in on maybe three, two or three things that she shared with you that if you knew would totally floor the average Christian, like the, the like two, three things we need to know like right now. What's the intel? What 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 kind of like enemy intel can you share
1: with us? The biggest thing that I realized, and I think you nailed it, in the in in being desensitized, even in those of us that are spirit filled, born again, uh, maybe, and I don't mean this the wrong way, but maybe we're a little more aggressive or outgoing than the average denominational church person. So I'm talking about you know whether they want to call us charismatic, charismatic or non denominational or faith people, whatever title you want to put on it. But those that that really do believe the full gospel, right, the tongues, the healing, the miracles, the supernatural, Uh, for any of us that are that way, I think you nailed it in being desensitized to it. She recognized the power greater than we recognized the power in us. And I think that's something that she really hit on was, you guys don't understand. I have never in three decades of life, I have never ran into anyone, Christian or not, that I was not able to control until I met you, you guys. And we were just being led by the Spirit of God, and that's the key. We've stopped being led by the Spirit of God because we know too much now. Now we know. We know now. So we're not as easy to allow the Spirit of God to move us out of, you know, we, we like to always throw that word around, you know, the words comfort zone. Oh, you got to get out of your comfort zone. Harmony, we, we think that means that you have to sit in a different spot at church now. That's all we think that means now is, well, I'm going to sit over here instead of over here. I'm just getting out of my comfort zone. Guys, we've got to open up and allow just like she did. She was possessed. We've got to be possessed with the spirit of God. We've got to allow that to drive us and to move us. And I mean, as he said, we've got to have our very being inside of him. And we're not letting him do that. We're doing that. We're trying to run the show. If it was up to me, I would have cast out every devil. I would have named him. I, I would have done the whole production. And that's not what God wanted to do. And I would have screwed the whole thing up, even though I, I guess maybe this statement makes sense. I can do the right thing in a wrong season, and it won't work. So it wasn't that the method is wrong to, to cast out devils or do those things. But if I'm not going to, if I did the right thing at the wrong time, it's not going to work. God was just leading me to do something else at that time. And I think that was a big thing that she, she really nailed. Uh, like I mentioned, the importance of being filled with the Holy Ghost, not enough to be born again because it's an authority issue. It's not enough to just say, I'm a Christian. They don't care about that. There really is a power struggle going on in the spirit realms right now where we have to understand that scripture says we don't, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. And we leave it at that. We say, well, we don't wrestle. No, no, no. You do wrestle. It's just not with flesh and blood, but it is against powers. These are, these are the hierarchy of the kingdom that she described. It's not just a rundown of, oh, there's this, this, this. This is the, the layout of the hierarchy of the kingdom of the devil, power, principalities, mites, and dominions. They're real. That is; Those are levels. She revealed these things to me. Those are levels in, the, in that kingdom. And there has to be a wrestling. We don't know how to wrestle anymore. We, we, we don't do that anymore. We just think that we can flippantly throw something out there. I mean, one pastor said this to me. When I told him how she spent all that time cursing the town, I mean, she spent, she looked up curses. She, she I mean, just took time to curse the town. One pastor said this. Well, that's why every time I drive by my city limit sign, I bless the city. I said, are you freaking kidding me? A drive-by blessing? You think a drive-by blessing is going to defeat the devil? We're so lazy we won't get out of the car that you're going to say bless my city when you drive by the population sign? This woman spent days cursing this town, and you think just your are be blessed? But we got lazy. The other thing that I think is very important And again, she described it, and it was just so amazing. She said, When I cast a spell, I have to go to the book. I have to go to the book. I've got to find the right spell that I want. I have to read that spell. I have to know that spell. I have to believe in that spell. And then I have to say that spell exactly the way that the spell is written. We've got to get back to the power of the Word of God. We've got to read it. We've got to believe it. We've got to speak it exactly the way that it is. When that centurion came to Jesus and he wanted his friend healed, he said, speak the word only, only, only the word. So important that we get back to the power of the word of God. Stop throwing out half truths. Stop throwing out half a scripture. Guys, get in the book. Know it. Believe it speak it. She said, i got to speak it exactly the way that it is if I want it to work. Guys, we've been authorized to do the same. Get in the Word of God. We've got the power right here in our hands and on our tablets and iPhones, and even if you wanted to go back to a Bible. But we've got it right here, and all we have to do is look at it and just stick to the Word only. Those were the three main things I could tell you.
0: Okay, so now, shifting gears on this. Now, we, we've heard about sort of where the flaws are in the plan, where the leaks are, where the intel briefs. We heard all that stuff now. Now, that's uh, the first step into sort of turning this thing around. What practical examples in addition to that can you give us? What can we start doing right now to start turning this thing around in addition to that?
1: You know, we know as we go out here in our everyday lives, eternity is all around us. Everybody we see is going heaven, heaven or hell. Guys, I found the devil is the deceiver. We've been deceived into thinking that these people don't want to hear about our Jesus. They do. (laughs) They really do. They really, really do want to hear about him. They just don't know it because they've never been presented. I just want people to be aware of what's going on around them and just move. Just your heart's going to pound. Your mouth's going to be dry. You're going to get nervous, but every one of us have felt that you're at Walmart, you're at the grocery store, and you know you're supposed to go talk to that person and you won't do it because you're too afraid. Do it anyway. My advice is do it scared. (laughs) Do it anyway. Go right up to him. Your mouth is going to be dry. Your heart's going to be pounding. But boy, the moment that you move, what happens is, is there's one that's called the helper. He's not the doer. We're the doers we got our roles mixed up. We want the Holy Ghost to be the doer, and then I'll come along and help. You know, if you could just open the doors. No, we got to move first. But if we do, he won't leave us hanging. He'll come right in as that helper. He'll give us the words to speak. The healing power of God will manifest to us. Whatever the situation is, he'll back us up in that. But we've just got to get moving again. The body of Christ quit moving. We quit doing. We expected the world to come to church. And that's what we're waiting on is for them to come to us. And they're not coming. That's just the reality. So get out on the street, get moving. You know, when you know that you're supposed to go minister to somebody, allow the Holy spirit to do his job as the helper, but you're going to have to be the doer and initiate it. Once you do that, guys, you know, it only gets easier from there. The more you do it, the more comfortable it comes, the more you see the authority and the power that's in you come to manifest. And you can truly begin to walk in the fullness because that's what he wants. Just for us to walk in the fullness of who he is.
0: So, again, tell us where we can find the book, the title of the book, and just give
1: us a general overview of what the reception's been so far. So, Seven Days with a Witch, and again, don't let the title fool you. Seven Days, that's the number seven. Seven Days with a Witch, you can find that at twoguysandabible.com. That's T-W-O, guysandabible.com. You can order the book there. It's 10 bucks, and uh, you can order the book. The overall reception has been this. A-, a lot of people look at the title and the cover. It's a little creepy. Um, But they look at it and, oh, Seven Days with the Witch, I ain't into that. This isn't a witch hunt book. It's funny. I wrote the book with all this in mind of the story. And all of a sudden what I'm realizing, very few people are even mentioning the witch aspect of the book. I've got people coming to me saying, my God, I found out that I've got authority. I've got power. One of the greatest examples was the uh, girl that works up at our local coffee shop. I stop in there after I shoot the TV show every week. I walk in. She's asking what's going on. I said, hey, I've written a book. You've written a book? Yeah, Seven Days with a Witch. Ooh, I don't know about that. I said, no, no, I'll give you one. Check it out. She's like, "Uh, I don't know about that. The best way I can describe her is like a biker chick, right? Been through hell, divorced, got kids. Just a rough life. I give her the book anyway, and I said, just check it out. I come back in a week later, and she says, oh, my God, as I walk in the door. I mean, just as loud. Oh my God. And I'm like, what? She said, I read the book. I couldn't set it down. I read it all in one reading, which is 99% of the people. She said, uh, Donnie, I, I don't know what to say. And I was like, yeah, crazy, huh? She said, no, no, no. This book changed my life. And I said, now that's a mighty bold statement. She said, no, you don't understand. When I was 13 years old, I was born again and I started speaking in tongues. And I was told that I was crazy, that I was out of my mind, that that's of the devil. She said, I read this book and I realized that it's all true. You put all those scriptures in there. It's true. Tongues is for us. She said, I prayed in tongues the whole way to work this morning. After 30 years, I'm praying in tongues. And she said, I I feel alive again. So it's amazing to hear all the different aspects. Very few people are mentioning the witch aspect of the book. They're discovering power authority, the power of being filled with the Holy Ghost, uh, just, just all those different aspects that I didn't really catch when I was writing it. So it's amazing the Lord's really opening their eyes to those
0: things. This is definitely a book for the times. And this is definitely a uh, good piece of intel that we need right now. And hopefully it'll be a wake up call to people and listeners. Uh, make sure you grab a copy of this book. I will post a link on everywhere we post this and uh, grab a copy of it. As Don was saying, it's a very easy read and gets right to the point in a lot of cases. Got another book coming out, which hopefully you'll visit with us again when that comes out and we'll get more to the story. And uh, I want to thank you for being here with us today. You know, normally the uh, 360 interviews are short, but this was just too good. I had to get all these <laughs> questions and information out. So I thank you for your time and it's been wonderful. So I wish you the best with this. Uh, be blessed in all your work that you're doing. And uh, when we meet up again, I'd like to hear more to this story. So thank you so much for being here. I appreciate your time.
1: Thank you very much. God bless you.